Pandemonium Reigns. Yo, welcome. Pandemonium Reigns. Up in your ears, up in your business, in your speakers. Excited again to be back with you. This makes three episodes this week. What is happening? Uh, you turn to the latter pages of scripture and the end times are here because Pandemonium Reigns dropping another episode. Glad to have my boyfriend back. Man. <laughs> my man. <laughs> my man. Uh, that End I, times indeed. I'm telling you. I flew solo and I did a little better than I thought, but man, I needed you in my ears. I needed you. You know, those solos are awkward, man. They are awkward. It is nothing like being on here with your boy. I'm telling you. Hey, we got some exciting stuff coming down the pipe for the podcast. And before we get started, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been with us since the beginning, uh, who's 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 rode the pandemonium. And uh, I just want to say appreciate it. Seriously. Uh, thank you for liking and subscribing. Thank you for telling everybody. Um, it's always cool when we get a text saying, you know, enjoyed the episode, whatever. Just, just, it's, it's weird. Like we're podcasters. It's what we do. <laughs> it is weird. And, is and yes, thank you so much. Anyone that's, mm. anyone that's tuning in for the first time, or if you've been with us since our first podcast over a year ago, I mean, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's therapeutic for us and, and we hope you really enjoy it. Yes. 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 So uh, real quick, before we begin, uh, I want to invite our listeners, come hang out with me on Sunday night. I'm going to start streaming some NCAA 14 action. <clears throat> I'm going to start a franchise. Blah, words. Psh, that's a Madden <laughs> phrase. What am I doing? I'm going to start a dynasty uh, with Tennessee, assuming that Josh Heupel was hired in 2015 Taken over for a junior Josh Dobbs, a that would be a sophomore Jalen Hurd, sophomore Alvin Kamara, uh, guys like Jalen Reeves, Maven, and Cam Sutton. I'm excited, it's excited to play it. So come hang out with me. We'll be live. Um, you know, drop your comments, drop your questions. Let's talk ball. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about what took place in week one, how the Utes took it to the Gators. And uh, but just hang out with me. This will be Sunday night, probably around eight o'clock. Um, I'll post more, uh, or excuse me, when I have a better idea, I'll post on on the social medias. But uh, come hang out with us uh, on the YouTube channel. <clears throat> so anyway, man, week one is here. It's upon us. Uh, the Lord is 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 good. He's good. Yes, it is. He he provides. He yes. Provides. Yes. <laughs> yes. He does provideth Jehovah Jireh. So <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to tap into week one and we're going to be, here's here's the promise from us at Pandemonium Marines. We're going to be a little more diligent in our game selection as we go into each week. Uh, it's so easy just to talk about all of them, right? I mean, it's yeah. so much fun, so easy, uh, but <clears throat> we've got one, two, three, four, five, six games here that we are that we're going to talk about and these are going to be tough because <clears throat> some of these that we don't know about and uh at yep. the at the time that <clears throat> our voices have reached your ears florida and utah is over and uh just praying at this moment utes on top oh let them rise let them rise since cam cannot you know 
do his 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 job. Let him rise, man. I see. I see what you did there. I see what that you was did. so bad. So bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, backup quarterback for Utah is that the guy? Is that it, the guy? It sounds it, like there's two or three guys now. Just to be clear, but no, no, no. the guy. The guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't believe it's Jaquindon Jackson. Oh, that's what you're getting at. He's yeah. he's actually a running back for them. Did you know this? I did not. I just know that yeah. his name is Jaquindon. And that's the greatest name. Speaking of a dynasty on NCAA football, he was my dude for so long when I was at Texas. He stayed at Texas. He never left. He was probably a multiple Heisman winner because he was awesome on the game. But, yeah, he's a running back for Utah. Now, apparently they like their backup or their third-string guy because he can run around in ways that I probably did with Jaquindon Jackson on the game. Um, so, you know, I don't think they're too pleased that the word got out about Cam Rising not probably not being able to go um, tonight, um, you know, before this reaches your ears. But I think they like their options behind him, even though they don't have their QB1. Probably. Uh, Jaquindon's going to be a baller. You know how I know? There's a, how do you there's know? A- there's a great word that rhymes with his name. <laughs> what is it? I don't know it. It's Hendon. Oh, that's the one. Yeah. Hendon Hooker. Anyway. Yeah. Jaquindon Hooker. Okay. Just sorry. <laughs> all right. Let's dive into this. So let's go ahead and knock Tennessee off the board. All right. Let's just, let's just talk Tennessee, Virginia. The spread is UT minus 28. And <laughs> my goodness, we've already touched on this just a little bit earlier in the week. Um, Man, I don't, <laughs> twenty-eight. That's a such a large number. A very such a large number. Uh, just real quick, man. Are they going to cover? the The way I see it playing out is that Tennessee plays a game similar to their Orange Bowl performance, mm-hmm. and you take you take away a team like Clemson and their pieces that they have, and I think that's good enough to cover because I really worry about Virginia in every position. I mean. Their defensive line, their front is their best position, arguably, returning. And they have their best pass rusher not available for this game due to a freak injury in camp. Mm. So I think Tennessee covers, man. It's it's weird to say that Tennessee is too potent for a team so soon, depending on, you know, just where we've been. Obviously, last year Tennessee was potent, but I think Tennessee's too potent for this team. I think the running game could honestly mm. cover this. Uh, this 28-point spread, this four-touchdown spread, and I think that the team will be good enough to do so with some improvements in other areas, maybe the spot of drop-off at other positions uh, to cover four touchdowns, which is so wild. Yeah. When's the last time we've seen a 28-point spread against another Power 5 school? I mean, have we seen it? Not not named Vanderbilt, let's say that. I mean, was it even 28 at Vanderbilt last year? Honestly, I doubt it. But that's probably your only game that was. Now, cover your ears if you need to. Tennessee was a massive favorite in Columbia, South Carolina last year. A yeah. massive. I think three. I think north of three touchdowns favorite in, in Columbia, South Carolina last year. We all know the outcome. Yeah. Um, but against a Power Five opponent, I mean, it's been it's been ages since this has been the case, uh, and and it's just not even that common. So, yeah, I mean, this is what you might see in those years where, you know. Alabama played a, a Virginia Tech or someone like that. If they did that again or something like that, or you know, that's what it would take, honestly, for a four touchdown spread with two Power Five teams involved. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, just on the South Carolina thing, the every time this comes up, it seems like somebody's mentioned, "Oh, they ran out of fireworks." 
right? Oh, gosh. They, well, you know why they ran out of fireworks? Because they were scoring 14 points all season. So, of course, they ran out of fireworks. They were like, well, we're not going to we're not gonna score. So, of course, they did. You know who doesn't run out of fireworks when we score 60-plus? Neyland Stadium. Moving on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So let me throw something at you. I, I I love to listen to Eric Kane and, and Locked on Balls. Uh, he was throwing a question, and I don't remember all of the options, but let me just make up some options for you real quick. Tell yeah. me the most likely outcome or the most likely option. Option number one, Joe throws three touchdowns. Option number two, 200 rushing yards as a unit. Okay. Option number three, three sacks from the defense. My goodness. It's it's tough because all three, to an extent, feel very doable. I mean, Joe threw three touchdowns against Clemson. Let's just – let's be real. Um, but I think the most likely is that is that option B, that, that 200 rushing because, you know, Clemson loses a tackler who was on pace to shatter records there. I, I don't know, man. I just don't like many matchups for them. And, and of course, we've had times where we felt this way and maybe Tennessee didn't cover or lost the game for, yeah. for lack of better outcomes. But yeah. I think the most likely of those three are the 200 rushing because the unit there has just gotten so much stronger. They seem mm-hmm. laser-focused. They are they are arguably the deepest on the offense. I don't actually don't think that's even arguable. I mean, the receivers go seven or eight deep, but mm-hmm. you know they're only going to play three. So, yeah. Or at, at, at a certain point, they're only going to play three. So I think it's that option B. What What about yourself? I really like the opportunity to get three sacks. Uh, Virginia's yeah. offensive line is depleted, and yeah. I like how we we blitz the the star position. Well, we blitz. I mean, I, I what replays in my mind is is uh, Wesley Walker blowing up Keaton Slovis, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I, I really like that option. I really like that mm-hmm. option. Um, as a Tennessee fan, what are you really hoping to see come Saturday? I, I think it's just the pace in which Joe makes decisions. Um, if he takes off and runs, I think that's a great thing as long as he takes care of himself because that's been the missing – kind of the missing thing for me is, you know, early on there was design runs for him at Tennessee. Um, of course, he held on to it for a long time at, at other times, but I want to see him just making the correct decision – within a reasonable amount of time uh, because I, I, I think his accuracy is better. Um, I think he throws it across the middle of the field. Great. Forget about the deep ball and how far he can throw it. I think he throws it across the middle to guys like Ramel Keaton, who he's got extreme chemistry with, but I want to see the timing in his, I want to see it coming together in his head and us seeing that on the field, whether yeah. it's him taking off or hitting the guy on time, which again, he did a better job of last year when he was in, but that's, those are the things I want to see consistently leading up to Gainesville ultimately. Okay. Uh, for me, it's just a little bit different. I want to see how well we tackle in the open field. I want to see, can we create pressure with four? I want to see what kind of push we get on the offensive line when the ball's on the ground, right? Stuff like that, especially with Cooper being out. I say that because <clears throat> I'll never forget opening night, 2011, Tennessee, Montana, and we can't run. Now, yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm just using it as an example. Like, But those are the things that I want to see. And teams like Virginia and Austin P. these are the things that you need to you need to be doing. Certainly. Right? Certainly. So, so stuff like that. And, of course, I, I, I'm in full agreement with, with everything you said on Joe. All right. Does UT cover? Yeah. I think they do, man. 
I think I think I think Tennessee gets into the low fifties. Um, I, I would like to see. I'd like, if there's ever been a time to call the dogs, I want it to be in this game. Um, it's Virginia's first game back from just a, a tragedy that shouldn't ever happen. Yeah. Um, if there's ever a time that the dogs get called off, I mean, do it here. Take your time snapping the ball. Let that thing run down around 10 seconds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I do think that Tennessee covers because I do think the defense will improve at least some. And I think this is a, just a really bad opponent. I mean, one of the worst power five opponents out there. Okay. I'm gonna say we don't cover. It's just a big spread. It's a it's a it really is. big spread, and I just don't like it for game one. If it was game two, if we were opening with Austin P and then playing in Virginia, there's just a big jump between game one and game two. Won't be surprised mm-hmm. if we do cover. Will not be surprised. Yeah, with, with just for for pure schematic reasons, I think that we're able to do it. However, maybe there's a little bit of Vol battered syndrome in me. For the sake of picking, I'll say no, but we'll not be surprised if we do. Gotcha. Yeah. Let's move over to the Midwest and let's talk TCU Colorado. TCU minus 20 and a half. Did you <laughs> see before we before we tap into this and I don't know I don't know how much content we got here. Did you see Deion Sanders latest media press conference deal? Did you see this? Where I'm not so reporter, sure that I did now. Reporter She's she refers to herself as a Miami Hurricane and says that Dion is a knoll and he's he denies it. Oh okay, no, no, yes, no. And he says, "I thought it was where you graduated from," referring to him being an HBCU graduate. What do you think about that? That's that's one of those interesting things. He's he's really deliberate to me. I mean, on one hand, he will make a big deal out of anything. There's definitely that. But to me, he's really deliberate when he gets so specific and when he really leans into something. So I wonder, I want, I almost wonder if he feels like he should have that job now, regardless of Norvell's season last year. I mean, I wonder if that's what he, where he's at from a headspace. Um, it's just really interesting to me, though, because, I mean, yeah, I'd call him an, an NFL. You know what I mean? A null for life. That's what I'd call him. But See what you did there. <clears throat> I, don't, I just don't know, man. I, I don't know what to make of that. Because some of the, the other times when he makes a big deal out of something, it's like, bro, why? I mean, just take a chill pill. Sure. Yeah. Did you see Danny Cannell's response to this? No, I certainly didn't. All right. So I'm going to side with Danny Cannell here. So Danny Cannell is also a, <clears throat> excuse me, a Florida State graduate. And if I can find his words real quick, I'm not, not going to be able to do it. Oh, yeah, here it is. Danny Cannell. Wow. The lack of respect for the school that gave him his start is wild. The same school that retired his jersey. The same school that let him be prime. There is a way to handle this question, and this ain't it. Coach Prime responds with, oh, my gosh, stupid ads. Uh, He says, my man ain't nobody. Let me be me. I was him and still is. Your jersey only get retired if you're a dog and one of the greatest ever, and I was. Ain't nobody give me nothing. I took it and earned it. Stay out of grown folks' business. You have no idea what it what it is. Uh, the blah, 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 the truth uh, makes me want to show more. What? Okay, nonsense sounds like to me. Yeah, to me too. I, I saw with Danny Cannell a little bit. You know what? If, if you, you can even take out the part where Danny said, the school that gave you a start. Let's just stick with the school that retired your jersey. I I don't know why why you have to totally dismiss Florida State in this 
in this conversation. Yeah, man, I'm a I'm I'm proud to have been uh, uh, under uh, Bobby Bowden and my and in Florida State, but I really also consider myself, you know, an HBC. Why can't you just go that route? Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Anyway, I wonder I wonder if the, the mm-hmm. one other thing that that popped in my mind is you know when he stole my name draws the blanks now Travis Hunter when he stole Travis Hunter away from Florida State I wonder if there was some intel that he gathered from you know mm-hmm. what they told Travis Florida State that is I, I just yeah. wonder I mean there's a lot of variables here uh, the sport is actually brutal even though these coaches get out there and they hug and they kiss on the 50 yard line they shake hands and oh I just love you he just does such a good job it's a brutal yeah. sport. Yeah. So I really wonder what Florida State might be saying about him, you know, in circles like those, yeah. anti-recruiting circles. For sure. For sure. Well, I'm very excited for TCU Colorado. Same. My initial thought at minus 20 and a half in TCU's favor, I thought it was a little high. As I've sat on it, I think I'm coming to terms with it. Yeah. Don't totally hate it. Um not sure what to comment. Like we don't, we don't know who Shador Sanders is at this level. We don't know much about TC quarterback. We know that he was a starter last year, right? Before he got hurt, mm-hmm. Duggan comes in, makes a Heisman run. Uh, TCU loss of Quentin Johnston. Um, some uh, a couple uh, running backs. Yes, but they gained Trey Sanders in the portal. They've gained some other other big names in the portal. Just don't know. I, yep. I just don't know. However, what I do know is Colorado was bad. Quite a bit of roster turnover. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're still bad. I just don't know if they're going to be that much improved. There you go. In an off season in game one, so yeah, I, I'll take TCU to cover. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at too. Um, and and there's just I know that Colorado did their very best to flip. Every position in literally less than a year, in like let in one coaching carousel, they tried to do the same thing with their roster. Mm-hmm. I just don't know how much you can do that. Um, a lot yeah. of those names weren't your huge impact guys. I mean, yeah, sure they bring Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders and and yeah. all the the fun um, that we've seen from them. But I'm with you, man. I just I think I trust the establishment of of someone like Sonny Dykes and a team that was so tough last year in TCU. Um, And again, having a guy that they've started before that has starts under his belt at power five level uh, over a guy like Shadur Sanders, who should be really fun to watch. But yes, I think I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs to to cover that 20 and a half. Uh, It is noteworthy that TCU doesn't have offense coordinator Bryles anymore. I mean, obviously, or, uh, Lincoln or Riley. I'm sorry, young, young Riley. Right? Oh, yes, Riley. I was Bryles. Yeah, you, this is why we're bros. <laughs> So noteworthy there, but uh, I'm going to take TCU to cover it. And did you say that TCU is going to cover as well? Yeah, yeah, I've got that as well. Okay, so you and I are sticking by both our original uh, predictions when we talked through Colorado. All right. UNC, Southern Kakalaki. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. Drake May, Spencer Rattler, Battle of the Carolinas. Uh Powder blue, baby blue, garnet, black, disastrous crap. Um, Under Armour. I in the quarterback battle, I like Drake May. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Overall roster, like South Carolina. 
Mm-hmm. Apparently, Juice Wells is 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 ready to go. That's 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 big for for the CACs. Um, this this two and a half point favorite in the uh, towards the Tar Heels. I don't know what to think of this. Um, what say you? Where, where's where, where's your head? Yeah, yeah, right. That's the way I feel. And I can see a lot of outcomes in this game. But I think the only one that would actually surprise me would be if South Carolina won the game kind of decidedly by, you know, let's say 10 or 14 or more, or they just controlled the game the whole time. Um, Yeah, they've done more than I think they should have under Beamer for two years. But there's also been two early season first six or eight games where it's just what are y'all, what are you doing? What what are you doing? I, I can't, I can't put more on their finish last season. Than on that for me, I'm worried about if I'm going to worry about South Carolina, it's going to be in the early season is when I'm going to worry about them. Fair enough. I'm totally with you. I couldn't trust Drake May any more than I already do over Spencer Rattler. I'm sorry. Um, And that that's kind of contradictory when you look at Tennessee's quarterback being a guy like Joe Milton. I mean, it's a little contradictory, but. You know, I I think if I haven't harped about it on here, I've harped about it to every single person that I know that this conversation's come up. How do you fire your buddy if you're. Shane Beamer and hire a retread currently was a tight ends coach in the SC West at Arkansas, Dowell Loggins. How do you hire that guy as your offense coordinator? I mean, go make a splash and yeah. make me buy the stock is what I want you to do. Yeah. Obviously, I don't want them to succeed at all, but right. I, I'm not a believer in that move. So I'm going to go with NC to, NC to cover and win the game. Okay. Uh, I think they will win it by at least three, cover that two and a half spread. I do think it'll. this should be a barn burner. Now, South Carolina, it, here's the thing. Yeah, it's a new guy, another new coordinator for Rattler to, to deal with. If they can't score points on the way that North Carolina's defense has been, they're going to have big problems. I mean, mm-hmm. like maybe struggling to find bowl eligibility problems. Like those could be the problems that they have if they can't score on North Carolina with the shape that they've been in. But, again, I'm trusting Mac Brown, Drake May. The wep- they've, they've always had weapons there for him to throw to. I'm just going to ride with that a little bit more than how the the level of trust I put in Carolina so early. That's good enough for me. I like that. So Phil Longo is out uh, at North Carolina. He's now in Wisconsin. He loved to put the ball in the air. Now the offense coordinator in Carolina, North Carolina is Chip Lindsey, who has a little bit more of a balanced approach, which might favor the defensive side for the Tar Heels. Mm-hmm. I like Drake May. He can make all the professional throws. Mm-hmm. So can Spencer Rattler. We know that. We know yeah. that. But will he, honestly? What Spencer question. Rattler are we going to get? Are we going to get the Tennessee Clemson Spencer Rattler? I mean, the, I mean, he he didn't play the same as he did against us as opposed to Notre Dame in that oh, bowl. No. Oh, no. Almost irrelevant in referencing that. You know what? You've convinced me. I'll take Carolina, and I'll – it's a small spread. I'll take him to cover. Yeah. And that's what you said as well, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Penn State, West Virginia. Uh, I think the better question as opposed to Penn State being minus 20 and a half is does uh, Coach Brown last in Morgantown? Man, I wanted this one to work. Again, I don't know that I've said it on here, but West Virginia, for whatever reason, is one of those schools that I just like. I want to see do well. I know what it actually stems from. It's obviously Pat White, Noel Devine. I mean, some of the freaks that they had with Rich Rod doing his thing there for a long time. 
I wanted Neil Brown to be the guy to restore that. Uh, Holgerson obviously let it slip through his finger, fingertips. I mean, I don't know exactly what happened there other than a lot of ugly, but I don't know that Neil Brown's the guy. I don't have this trust that that people are given to Penn State. You know, they they talk about Drew Aller, Alar, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they talk about the running back room, and I know they've got some nice pieces there. And their defense has been solid for many years now, with probably the entire Franklin era. That and plus some, honestly, mm-hmm. I, I don't have that level of trust where Penn State might go win the Big Ten. I don't have that in them, but I do think they're. I mean, I think they're good enough at home in Week One with a West Virginia that's been so bad. I think they can win that game by three touchdowns and cover this. I don't want to see that happen. And again, I don't have that level of trust that that others may have in in Penn State, but I don't trust West Virginia as far as I could throw them. Agreed. Too much, too much going on in Morgantown. I'll take Penn State to cover as well. Uh, Josh Pate has Penn State in his playoff. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those, man. I've seen. I don't, man. I don't hate it. That's bold. I, I don't well, hate it either. I'd be, I'd, in fact, I'd be okay with it. But I, I don't see it as of before Week One for myself. Uh, that's fair. That that's fair. Uh, I will say they have the roster to make it, make the playoff. They have the roster. They do. And if if they can split Michigan Ohio State, win out the rest, we saw last year that's good enough to get in. So it is. If the Pac-12 beats up on one another, Clemson Florida State beat up on one another. You know, there's a real chance, right? Yep. Uh, LSU Florida State. <clears throat> so I figured out what's going on with this neutral site stuff. They did a neutral site game in Louisiana. Now they're doing a neutral site game in Florida. Dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, I so don't dumb. understand it. Don't understand it. So dumb. LSU minus two and a half. What you got? I uh, I'm going Florida State out right here, man. I, I just Mason Smith is one thing, and and yeah, that could absolutely bring LSU more together. They're probably mm-hmm. already pretty together. They certainly should be ready to hit someone else and and take out all of this heat, all that Cajun heat and weather mm-hmm. out on some other team. And I like their team. I mean, I like them as a potential SC West champion. But I, I like Florida State in this game. Their their skill position guys that they have right there ready for uh, Jordan Travis yet again. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, yep. I like the running back room. I love the yep. addition of of uh, Jaheim Bell. I mean, I, yeah. I know they won they won this game in a wild fashion last year. Really had a chance to run away with it. Uh, before the game got crazy in in the way that week one games can do. They're closer to home for them. Uh, They already won it further away last year. I just like their pieces. Not that I dislike LSU, but for whatever reason, I've got my mindset on the Knowles in this one, Um, and and I don't quite understand this spread. I want to say it's been kind of flip-floppy. Like you said, Mm -hmm. LSU by two and a half right now. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't quite get it. I don't know what Vegas knows or sees right there, but I'm gonna go with FSU outright. They win the game. You don't lose a guy like Mason Smith and not feel the impact. I said this on the previous episode. Now they're down running back Emory. I I, I forgot to mention Jaheim Bell in the solo recording that I did. <laughs> uh I, I mean just just imagine the scenario. So typically when you have this is what okay, this is what I was saying on the previous podcast. Typically when you have a receiver the size of a Johnny Wilson and a Keon Coleman, you do what they call a high low. And it's it's a super simple concept. Safety high, corner low, right? You you basically want to sandwich that receiver. Are you going to do it to both of them? And if you do, <laughs> if you do, you leave the middle of the field wide open. Right. Yeah. So, so yesterday I, I threw up a, <clears throat> a scenario of a, of 11 personnel 
one by one, right? On either now, let's let's look at another example. Let's go let's go two by two. Okay, Wilson and Keon Coleman on your far outside. Have them run six yard hitches. Have your inside guys run wheels. If 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 they ever show a high low, those wheels are open down the sideline. Yep. And if if you can sneak Bell right down the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. I just think they've got too much to to deal with. Yeah. And if there was a game that you needed Mason Smith, this is it. This and is the now one. You don't have it. So I'm a little surprised that this spread is not on the other side and a yeah. much larger number, but uh, I'm with you, man. I'm going to take Florida State. Take them outright. Going to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Here for the Knowles, man. All right, uh, starting to land this plane. Clemson and Duke sitting at Clemson 13 and a half. Clemson covers. Yeah, Clemson covers. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people want to say it, it may be ending or over for Dabo at That's Clemson. Ridiculous. I'm not going to buy that with a guy like, uh, well, with another true freshman coming in last year to kind of salvage their run and really keep their playoff hopes alive for much of a season. Um, I, I like Klubnik. I, you know, he may, he's not going to be Trevor Lawrence, but I like Klubnik. He's the guy. He's yes. the perfect Debo Sweeney college quarterback. I mean, he just is. Of course, he could. Ha- he could. You know, maybe he, teams are more prepared prepared for him now, and he's not as effective. But I like their talent. I know that Duke was better than expected last year. It doesn't matter for me. Clemson covers. They win that game on the road, really without a fight. I think. Agreed. And now you pair Kate Klubnik with. Offense coordinator Riley. Oh, he's going to be a head coach one day. Yeah. Going to have a head coaching job. I mean, the guy took, the guy led TCU to a national championship. Let's just, let's let's be honest here, right? Turned Max Dugan, Duggan. Still don't know how to say his name. You're removed. So they're going to put up, they're going to start putting up points. Uh, My question with Clemson. Uh, looking at overall season is are they going to have the star power in the receiving core to do some big things? Uh, Let's do one or two more things here before we call this quits. If you're you're betting, play some money on a game, give me a game of why you would uh, put money on it. And then uh, tell me why. Got you. Uh, Sports betting for me, uh, when college football rolls around, is much like your expectation for your team. Hope springs eternal. You're going to win the natty. You're going to be a millionaire after you bet the college football season. That's kind of my pie-in-the-sky outlook. And when you asked me this question over text, three games really stood out to me. Uh, One, I've got – there's absolutely no chance to me that the favorite covers the other. I do think they actually will cover – the third is Stanford hosting – or no, traveling to Hawaii, excuse me. Mm. This started out around a touchdown or eight points in Sanford's favor. I want to say I could be wrong there. And up until last Saturday when when Hawaii gave Vanderbilt everything they wanted and then more, both teams tried to lose the game. I mean, it was it was wild. It was perfect week zero action. Mm-hmm. I would have bet Stanford, and I would have put my both vehicles on it, my house on it. I would have bet the world on it. Okay. And then, again, mm-hmm. and then the Rainbow Warriors gave Vandy a scare. So that that line is now down to Stanford minus three. Uh, again, traveling to Hawaii, I could totally see Hawaii winning that game outright. But I'm yeah. just because of the unknowns at Stanford, I'll stay away from that one, uh, especially since that line's trickled down to to a field goal. Uh-huh. Uh, the second one that I alluded to was Wisconsin by twenty eight points. Okay, with Buffalo, 
if you'll remember, 28 points is the margin that Tennessee is favored over Virginia. Yes. So a little bit different situation here. Mm. But I actually think that Wisconsin could cover that. That's not going to be the one sure. that I throw throw my house at. You know what I mean? I'm not going to lose lose a vehicle over it. <laughs> the one that I might, though, you've got South Dakota 28-point underdogs in Columbia, Missouri. Oh, okay. Okay. What what from last season told you that Missouri could score 28 points in a game this year? I don't know what that is. No comment. No, yeah, no comment. Um, <laughs> I think I have said on here that this is probably Eli's last ride sure. in Como. Give me South Dakota covering that 28. I'm surprised. This, this game, this should be one of those games that there's not a line on. It's an SEC yeah. team in South Dakota. Don't, don't give us a betting line on that because you're just going to lose money. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. give me South Dakota. They're going to cover 28 mm-hmm. points. Missouri is notable for almost losing a game like this every year. Yeah. If they don't have actually lose the game. So, I'm riding with South Dakota once again. They're going to cover 28 points against Missouri. Okay, okay. Uh, I have two games off the board, but I'm going to I'm gonna tell you one that I didn't go with first. MTSU at Alabama. That is a 39-point yeah. spread. Uncertainty, right, at Bama. Do I think it can be done? Yes. Week one, I don't know. Do I think yep. that they can win by 35 and will? I do. Yeah. I think they can probably will probably win by 38. That 39 is a big difference for me. It's a big difference. It's not where I'm going to go, though. <laughs> Let's go Blue Raiders, baby. So – I'm gonna ride with. I cannot. You're gonna. You're gonna hate me. You're gonna revoke our friendship. I know how you feel about this. I know how you feel feel about this. It's big. Okay, it's real big. Okay, I'm gonna go with Butch Jones to cover. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna revoke your friendship on that one. You're good. You're safe. Oklahoma is 35 and a half point favorites over Arkansas State, and I'm just not a believer yet in Oklahoma. I'm a believer in Brent Venables. I think it's going to come together. I don't know that it's going to come come together game one. There's yeah. going to be a massive jump between game one and game two, as there always is with any football team. <clears throat> but uh, almost <laughs> Butch Jones does his Butch Jones things and only loses by 28. Yeah. That's, that's, he covers it. 35 and a half. Right. right. Goes to the locker room before the press, right, and says, y'all, we're trending in the right direction. The spread was 35. We lost by 31. We're in the right direction. Everybody doubted us, right? Anyway. And he's going to go hang a banner or put up, put up a plaque on whatever right. the name of Arkansas State Stadium is. Right. And then he's going to sit down and say, I'll now answer any questions that you may have, which is what he exactly. did every freaking press conference while he was in Tennessee, like a straight robot. But anyway. So, so many more words we could throw in there, yeah, yeah. Arkansas PG, State, baby. Arkansas State covers 35 and a half. All right, so here's how we're going to end. I'm going to give you a recap on some of the places that I landed yesterday as far as uh Heisman playoff and national champion. So let me see if I can get this pulled up real quick. I did I covered conference winners and all that stuff. We won't go down that route. <clears throat> uh so just a recap uh, for the Heisman Trophy winner, if I'm picking and I'm doing it today, I'm giving it to Mars Harrison, Harrison Jr. Because we all know that the Heisman voting system is a joke. It's a fluke. They don't get this right. Last time they did it was 2020, Devontae Smith. 
Marvin Harrison will be the most outstanding player in the country because he arguably was. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. Caleb Williams is is elite and all the things, but I don't see them awarding the to the same guy twice. They've mm-hmm. proven themselves that they're not going to do that. Uh, mine was Marvin Harrison Jr. My playoff playoff was a little bit more tricky. I've got Georgia at the one seed. I got them going undefeated. I've got Michigan at the two seed with a win over Iowa State in uh, beating Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. My three seed is Florida State. Okay. Hopefully, Clemson and Florida State don't change blows and Florida State can get in. You know, <clears throat> my fourth seed, I, I, I could totally see Penn State doing this. I can be in agreement with Josh Pate. But until I see Penn State do it, I'm not going to go with them. I'm going to ride Ohio State at the four seed, similar to what basically took place last year. I think they're just going to show themselves to be elite, show themselves to be good enough. Uh, they've um, they named their starting quarterback. They know who the guy is, and I think that's a that's a huge you know difference maker. Penn State has not done that yet. Yeah, I've got Georgia winning it all. Yeah, we're going to be very similar on this. And in fact, I'm spending more time now trying to think of other teams that I could throw in there, other dudes, because I do think I've said there's going to be such an uh, an overcorrection for Marvin Harrison Jr. that he could have a pretty standard a, a good year, but a pretty standard year. And I think he's going to win the Heisman. He's definitely going to win the Blitnikoff. Like that, that award's decided. They're going to overcorrect so hard on that. Yeah. But I, I truly do think that he will be the most outstanding, the most deserving player of the Heisman when it's over. I think my second candidate, and this would obviously require a lot from this dude, but my second candidate, because I'm with you, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really see Caleb Williams being handed the award twice. I don't know. I, he could be if he does better things than maybe he is. But I've got this is a bit of a dark horse, but it's Jaden Daniels, and that would require wow. one loss mm-hmm. or undefeated from mm-hmm. LSU throughout the regular season. But again, I think they're capable of that. I just I think Florida State gets them here in Week One. But I'm going with Jaden Daniels as kind of my number two as a bit of a dark horse guy because I'm I'm sold on Marvin Harrison Jr. He's fantastic, and that's who I think is going to win it. Outstanding. Yes. My yes. playoff is that next? My playoff. Yep. yep. Okay. I'm with you. Uh, I think Georgia is your one seed as of today. I do think they'll probably win it all. I just don't – it's the unknowns right now. That, sure. That's what gets me. Uh, I think they're your one seed and your national champion. I've also got Florida State. I've also got Michigan. And I'm down to like Ohio State. And I, I, I don't think the Pac-12 can produce better than a one-loss team. That could mm-hmm. be good enough mm-hmm. for USC, Washington, or Oregon. I'm just not sold yet. I'm, I'm just not uh, because they had such a great chance last year and did not get a, a team in there. Um, well, they beat up again, on like, they beat up on one another. They did. They did. And and that's what I think is going to happen again. I think it's going to be a, a three way ugly one two loss situation between those three teams. So it's like again, it's like Texas, Ohio State, Penn State. Ohio State feels like the most realistic to me as long as Kyle McCord can can do the things that have been done at Ohio State now for my lifetime. Um, I think that's probably your most likely. And Mm -hmm. and I would say like your five spot should should be maybe the winner of Alabama, Texas. I mean, honestly, it it could Mm -hmm. be like that. It could be LSU. Um, Texas can get in there. Yeah. I think think four through seven this year, maybe even eight or nine, is going to be as hard as it's been since the four teams been a thing. Yeah. 
I, I totally agree. I there, There's so many teams I think that you could put in that three and four spot. Uh, I really like Washington. I really like Oregon. They're going to trade blows more than likely. Yeah. Uh, they don't they don't play each other to like week seven, but they don't neither one of them play anybody before that. Okay. Yep. Michael Penix is gonna do stupid numbers. Bo Nix is gonna put up numbers. I like Oregon, what they've done in the portal. Mm-hmm. Also like Florida State, what they've done yes. in the portal. We just we spent time on them. I think Clemson is a real possibility. Yeah. Uh, with 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 uh, Riley now at the helm calling the plays, I think Texas is a real option. So it's really really hard to pick, and I'm totally content and okay with being wrong, right? Oh yeah, probably oh, yeah. gonna probably gonna be wrong, but at the end of the day, you got to pick somebody. Um, won't complain if it's not you know Ohio State if it is if it is a Texas, but again, yeah. so many options. I do think that your number one seed is Georgia, and I think that your number two seed is the winner of the Big Ten. Yeah. After that, it's almost like a crapshoot. Oh yeah, just totally. a crapshoot. Yeah, and I think it would totally it would Florida State or Clemson or someone else would have to go undefeated, run the table all the way through conference championships to to, to ruffle that up. Yeah. Yes. Which which comes back to the conversation of <clears throat> BCS. Might not have been that far off because it keep, it kind of just it keeps coming down to two teams. And this year, I think it's going to be uh, Georgia, winner of the SEC, and whoever wins the Big Ten. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I'll say this, too. If someone comes through the Big Ten, undefeated conference champions, that'll be really impressive this year because it, it looks like, again, three teams that we're looking at, I, I view it as more of a two than a three-team race. But, again, if Ohio State or Michigan or even Penn State comes through that thing undefeated, then props to them. Because sure. I don't necessarily think that'll be the case as of today. For sure. For sure. All right, man. Well, it's here. I can't I can't yes. believe it, man. I can't believe it. It's here. Yeah. Uh, what an offseason it has oh. been. I hope that you all have enjoyed it because this is the last kind of offseason like this that we will ever have. Mm-hmm. Things are going to get bonkers going in to next season. Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC, USC and UCLA are already listed. If you go to the On Three website, they're already listed as Big Ten members. Um, so you have to be very specific with the years that you look at when you're looking at classes and whatnot. Wild concept to think about. <clears throat> I want to touch on this before we go. Just want to, and maybe maybe we'll do a whole episode on one uh, on this one day, but. If you are a traditionalist, if you if you want to preserve the rivalries of this sport, here's what you want. Put me on the record for saying this, all right? You want this to get bigger. You want the conferences to continue to expand. You want the Big Ten to go ahead and absorb Oregon State, Stanford. You want this to happen. I know that it sounds crazy, but if these conferences will continue to expand, if your SECs will go ahead and grab... Oklahoma State, the Kansases, whatever, what you'll have is, I don't know, this word called divisions inside mm-hmm. of these mega conferences. And your divisions will look like the conferences of old, where Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, LSU, Florida, Georgia will all be playing one another. And Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Kansas and Kansas State will all be playing one another. Your conference championship game might look a little bit different. The playoff is obviously going to look a bit different, a little bit different. But if you want history to uh, press on, rivalries to continue, you want this to get bigger. You do not, and I don't think it will. 
I don't think it's going to stay where it's at. You you want it to get bigger though. You want it to continue to expand. Uh, so at this point, here's hoping the the NCAA implodes because they just prove time and time again to be an absolute joke. Uh, let's secede from what is the union, otherwise known as the NCAA. Get out from underneath yes. them. Establish our own things. I say ours if I'm a part of it. I'm not even a graduate <laughs> of one of these schools. Just a just a fan by by by. I don't even think I had a choice. Um, <laughs> you get the point. You want this thing to continue to get bigger. Let it get bigger. Yeah. Anyway, week one, uh, maybe one day Florida and Utah will be a conference game. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it would really get weird for those Pac-12 schools that are so far west. And for that matter, some of the ACC schools, though, they a lot of them feel more natural than those yes. Pac-12 schools. But yes, it, it would really get weird. But I'm with you. The divisions are kind of like the the silver lining of restoring any any semblance of tradition yeah. and keeping keeping games that we require we're basically required to see like more of these Texas Texas A&M's Oklahoma yeah. State's Oklahoma yeah all those give me yeah. all of them that's yeah. I think the path the path you were describing is the way forward to get them yes 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 well that's a wrap on today's episode I hope you guys enjoy the weekend that is college football it is on Saturday it is on Sunday it is on Monday enjoy it happy Labor Day. Uh, to everyone, if you will do us a favor right now, if you're watching on YouTube, screenshot, highlight and circle the subscribe button and send it to somebody who is a college football fan. If you're listening on pod, podcast, Spotify, Apple podcast, all the places, screenshot, send it to a friend said, hey, these are my friends. Give them a listen. Make sure you like and subscribe. We would really, really appreciate that. Again, Really good things are coming down the pipeline for Pandemonium Reigns. We're super excited about it. Um, oh, yeah. It, it felt like we weren't gaining traction, and then out of nowhere, like, whoa, what is happening? So super excited about that. We'll reveal that to you as soon as it is uh, solidified. And um, so, anyway, super excited. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for letting us tickle your ears. As always, I'm Dan. He's Mike. We love you guys. God bless. Go Vols. Yep. 